know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say Martin Scorsese remains one of cinema's most accomplished directors with his nine Oscar nominations for best director he ranks second for all directors to receive that honor while his movies have won 20 Oscars with 91 total nominations he remains connected with the gangster drama genre above all others however his work goes far beyond one genre scorsese has directed dark comedies dramatic thrillers historical biopics and even worked in the horror genre these movies as much as uh, gangster picks earned awards accolades and critical acclaim as well as a huge level of support from movie fans today in the 6th episode of let's talk about series i'm going to talk about the filmography of martin scorsese In this episode I'm going to talk in the similar way in which I have done in the episode of Quentin Tarantino I'm going to talk about the six best movies of Martin Scorsese The movie which stands in the sixth position is The Irishman Can't we be sweethearts It belongs to the genre of crime and drama it has an IMDb rating of 7.6 I'm sure that Martin Scorsese would not mind if i compare the irishman to the later great films by john ford and howard hawks but his latest film has that elegiac feeling not unlike such later career works as uh, the man who shot liberty vengeance valence and the like late into his career himself scorsese utilizes his famed repertory company of robert de niro joe pesci and uh, harvey keitel to create what may be his final look at a kind of criminal underworld that may no longer exist as it did before add to that bringing albuquerque into the scorsese world seems like a marriage made in heaven not to mention that de niro pesci and pacino were deliver what's easily their best work in the past 3 decades yes it's a lengthy film it's around 2 10 minutes but as we see the fates of these characters played by actors we have known and loved for so long This film's final half are brought me to the verge of tears. It's that beautiful. This might just be my favorite film from the year 2019. It gives a feeling of old gangster film movies while also having a modern flair and beautiful cinematography sometimes. I was impressed by the direction at in certain scenes. I liked the takes where the camera would go forward and then go back on itself and focus on something else. I thought that was a really clever and a unique way to keep the viewer's attention. The soundtrack in this movie was phenomenal and it's it has become one of my favorites. I was constantly making notes on the tracks that played just so I could listen to them in the, my spare time. The performance from the three main leads were all equally impressive I thought. Robert De Niro perfectly portrayed an aging gangster and nearer to the end you can see his regret for what he's done in his life and you get to see the consequences for it. I genuinely teared up in the ending because I just felt so bad for his character. He's lost everything and not even his family will see him because of what he did. 
Joe Pesky and Al Pacino also gave great performance to and any of three could easily would have uh, got an Oscar and I would be able to see why. The de-aging CGI was a little distracting at first but the plot and the characters were just too damn interesting that were after a while I didn't notice it anymore. The film is subtle in many ways and as you watch Frank change and make decisions during his time working for Russell and as you watch his relationship and friendship grow with uh, Jimmy Hoffa you really feel for the characters and it makes the ending all more impactful. Joe Pesci sells the character of a smaller coitum man that has a subtle but complete control, respect and power over everyone. Even more so than Jimmy Hoffa's character who's a complete hothead who you soon come to realize isn't as powerful or untouchable as is made out to be in the beginning. It's definitely one of the gangster greats and it's one of the most thoroughly interesting and entertaining movies of 2019. It was three and a half years or as long but to me it didn't feel like it at all. I enjoyed it so much that it went real damn fast. I also liked the little metaphor for trust at the end when Frank asks his carer to leave the door open. It links back to when Jimmy used to leave the bedroom door open when staying with Frank because he trusted him. And when Frank broke the trust in the end of the film and couldn't see his daughters anymore because of that, the door being left open represents trust and that it shouldn't be broken. Even though Frank did what he did, I still felt bad for him because of his regret. This film needs another watch I think. It was really damn good and my favorite movie of that year is between this and Parasite. And um, thank you Martin Sorsese and other masterpieces. I sat through the entire credits out of respect too. Truly a gem. Watch if watch it if you have a 3 and 1/2 hours to kill because it's damn good. Watch it in all one sitting too. It will it will make it better, trust me. fucking great movie i loved it and the movie which stands in the fifth position is the movie which beautifully fucked our brain when we watched it that is shutter island it belongs to john thriller and mystery genre and it has an imdb rating of 8.2 despite having being known for his violent gangster films cosesy entered the 2010s with a surprisingly pg13 thriller and that rating could have been one of the trade offs for getting such a huge budget if you should have invested 80 million dollar in an r rated thriller attached to scorsese or not it's clear where that money went and part of it would have been the undoubtedly huge salary that went to leonardo dicaprio and mark ruffalo but a lot of changes had to be made to both the exterior and interior of the filming locations which must have made the mental institution look like one but also from the 1950s Um when I'm recording this podcast I have watched it twice this movie and I liked it lot more here than I did before. I noticed way more tiny details that led up to the final twist and I think that for me personally it made the ending all the better. The first time I watched it was like a 3.5 out of 5 but now it's getting a 4.5 because I felt I understand it more than before and a film as a whole was more interesting to watch and the ending felt way more deserved. And I like some other movies with twist. This one seems to get better on rewatch because of how it's set up. Sometimes uh, knowing the twist beforehand make it worse on rewatch because you know what's coming. But the Shutter Island, I didn't feel that at all. 
in fact knowing the twist means you pay attention more to the tiny detail details such as how the guards and the other patients are acting when leo enters the hospital how water is used to symbolize the truth he is hiding from like uh, when he chooses to ignore the water the other patient drinks and it looks like she drinks from nothing and puts down an empty cup or how he is just simply seasick in the beginning or how fire is used to symbolize how he is lying to himself and whenever there's a fire around it's usually him imagining something that isn't real or he's telling to himself a lie like in the campfire scene or the lit match in sector C it's extremely smart writing and it makes shutter island a joy to watch again because of all the tiny little details hidden around the film that i did definitely didn't notice the first time around i used to think that so it's one of scorsese's weakest films but with when i watched it again and now i reflect back on it definitely think that it's a lot better than i originally gave it credit for it's super gorgeous smart with an insane attention to detail with a really great twist that's hinted to from the opening scenes and it even makes the movie better on rewatching it again the performances are top notch especially from dicaprio macrofello ben kingsley with the last two doing a great job at seeming untrustworthy but in the end you can see how they weren't like that at all it's all very subtle from the performances to the details and it makes for a really excellent experience and even a better one on our second time the positives of this movie are great performance from dicaprio carafello and kingsley and insane attention to detail with the tiny little movements all throughout that hint towards what's really going on a great score the symbolism of fire and water is so good that twist is well deserved and is led up to from the beginning it's really damn interesting and do it does a great job at keeping a watcher's attention the final scene is perfect the negatives are few people won't accept this but what i feel is i wasn't at all too invested on an emotional level the cgi also ain't anything to write a home about the movie which stands in the fourth place is the departed it belongs to the crime and thriller genre it has an imdb rating of 8.5 the sixth time proved the charm of scorsese as his work on the departed finally brought him his first academy award as the best director and his film his first for producing the year's best picture it's easy to see why the subject matter appealed to the filmmaker it's all about catholic guilt and the deception one must utilize to go undercover on either side of the law colin played by matt damon a young prodigy of boston gang boss frank castello that's jack nicholson is all to enroll in the police academy where he soon becomes a rising star and a useful mole for the mob meanwhile aspiring cop billy that is played by uh, leonardo caprio is ordered by his captain played by martin sheen to infiltrate the costello gang both men achieve their goals but are torn up by guilt for having to do it a conflict that brought out the best in scorsese and the academy evidently agreed the departed is probably one of my favorite types of movie crime thrillers when done right are most some of the most engaging edge of your seat things i could ever watch and this movie has no exception throughout the film i got visibly tense and i feel like jumping up in the air because it's what i would describe as something i can really sink my teeth into 
it's juicy it's constantly interesting and the tension is built excellently one of the men is a mole who's infiltrated the police after an upbringing in the mob the other is a rat for the cops who's undercover in the mob for well over a year the constant cat and mouse type beats that constant throughout the film with each party trying to find out the identity of the other is teeth grindingly entertaining and keeps your eyes glued to the screen to find out what happens next both leads an excellent although i feel leonardo dicaprio gives the superior performance out of the two mad demon is really good i guess feels i just feel his character could have easily been replaced with a range of different actors without the movie being much different In fact Mark Wahlberg and Damon could have switched places and I probably would have noticed DiCaprio's character is the only one who really gets an any development and is arguably the protagonist of the movie with Damon being the antagonist except Jack Nicholson could have been seen as the antagonist although I see him as a more of a side villain to push the plot forward and to introduce the main dynamic of the cat and mouse between DiCaprio and Damon which is another slight problem I have Nicholson is um, criminally undutilized a man reason a man reason i decide to invest my time into this movie was to see nicholson play a really engaging villain and i guess he just didn't he's great for sure but his character never really gets him much to do and i don't see him as someone who could get so high up in the mob because while on the surface he may seem like a your typical mob boss but the end all i saw him as was a fucking idiot who thought he was smarter than he actually was maybe that was the intention maybe it wasn't i don't know but i think they underused nicholson's talent a hell of a lot he doesn't get much to do other uh, other than be a device to push the plot forward and to die in the end at the hand of made demon so the finale of the movie could happen now the finale it's nigh perfect it's exactly what the movie had been building up to form the start even with the little sorry even with the title the departed i shouldn't seen it coming but i didn't because of how much i had grown to to like dicaprio's character and dislike demons i thought it would finish with a good, good triumphing over evil that would that would have been but what it ended with was so so much better it took it to the point when where i thought dicaprio had gotten away and he would won but the elevator doors opening and bang everything was flipped on its head and the ending of the movie became something totally different to what i thought it was going to be the character i hated had won and i thought it was going to be an unsatisfactory ending and i thought scorsese had ruined it all but man i shouldn't have had more faith He flips it on its own head, and one last time when I remember about Mandolin and what DiCaprio uh, gave her earlier in the movie, and then when Damon returns home, Wahlberg is back and shoots him in the head, ending the movie. Perfect setup and payoff in my opinion. Wahlberg's character was set up to untrusting and hard-headed from the beginning, and he obviously begins to hate Damon, even leaving his job around two third into the movie. and then he comes back and does exactly what you would expect his character to do the finale is one of my favorites i have never seen honestly it's one i would actually call perfect everything is fulfilled and the last scene gets to the point where the movie is just satisfactory enough i just feel incredible 
after i would finished it's what i would call a juicy film and when i call a movie juicy i mean it's fantastic it's like sinking your teeth into one of the best burgers you have ever had and finishing it being just full up enough that you wouldn't that you don't need any more but don't feel sick from eating too much that departed is generally great and it's a film i'm so glad i watched i would highly recommend it the positives are performance from Mary Gabriel to Emma Nicholson the soundtrack is great a compelling narrative is all throughout a satisfying and and unexpected finale the negatives are Jack Nicholson is criminally underused Ray Winstone's accent sometimes flipped a slipped a little now and again but nothing too distracting a fun fact about the departed movie like uh a few years ago when i watched this movie and i got a chance to meet uh the director puri jagannath i just asked him one thing uh the story of the movie pokeri was he inspired from the movie the departed and he just blinked one of his eye to me <laughs> yeah this is true it really happened The movie which stands in the third position is Goodfellas. Goodfellas and La La Land are my evergreen favorite films. Nothing can surpass them. Goodfellas blocks the crime and drama genre. It has an IMDb rating of 8.7. And what is arguably his most Acclaimed gangster movies Scorsese plays the violent life story of rising mobster Henry Hill, played by Ray Liotta, within a small memory play filled with the detailed movies that I suspect came out of this director's memory bank. Part of what makes Goodfellas so refreshing is that the filmmaker doesn't shy away from the cl- from the glamour of being a gangster, the suits, the jewelry, the cigars, as well as the fear respect that a one gets while walking through the neighborhood. Add to that the fact that Scorsese and his co-writer Nicholas Pelleggi chose to have the film narrated by Henry and his wife Karen, so that both characters' point of view can be heard throughout the story, demonstrating that women as well as men can be turned on by the spoils of the gangster life, as long as things are going their way. Goodfellas is a film that I have seen on many occasions, but to see it again. on the big screen was probably my favorite ever time watching it i recently watched it in um, like uh, what should i say a private screening with vetrimar and sir and our writing department so martin scorsese's mob movie has gone down in history as one of the best and i can confirm that this is true this is the story of henry hill and how he become became involved with the mafia taking whatever he wants whenever he wants and being respected by just about anybody the story scorsese puts together is a truly remarkable along uh, with the main characters to all of the side ones who are just so memorable this is peak de niro accompanied by scintillating uh, performance from joe pesci who is arguably the best thing about the movie so many scenes are etched in my head when i talk about this film including a few of cinema's greatest moments Everything from the cast, the soundtrack, writing, cinematography is just done so well. Martin Scorsese is simply a master, and this is the master at work. Goodfellas is a film I can watch time and time and again and never get bored. I have so much fun every time I see it. 
I still laugh my ass off at certain scenes of looking forward at what's coming from Pesky in the next. It is a true classic that every movie fan should see, no question. This is one of those very nearly perfect score movies, but I just have one small grip with it. The film carries a very entertaining, positive, and steady vibe throughout until about the last twenty-five minutes. It loses its momentum, unfortunately, and while it's still great towards at the end, it's not like the rest of the movie, in my opinion. People may say this is down to how the story plays out, but there are some nasty or depressing scenes in other parts of the movie. Yet they still seem to hold. that charm that scorsese created still this is one of the best gangster movies of all time and many of you don't agree but i place this good fellas above godfather it's my point of view and the fun fact is al pacino was offered the role of jimmy conway but he declined he now says he regrets the decision the best moment i would say i would I would say the shine box scene in the bar that's the best moment of this film. Now the movie which stands in the second position is The Wolf of Wall Street. I have watched this movie when I was gaining curiosity in the share market and investment thing and all. It has an I'm debating of weight point two, and it belongs to the drama comedy genre. Scorsese stretched the budget by hundred million dollars for the Wolf of Wall Street, much further than he could. As fans would be surprised to learn how minimal some of the actors' salaries were. Jonah Hill wanted to work with Scorsese so bad that he was willing to agree to Sachs' allowable minimum wage, which was only sixty thousand dollars, according to Variety. Other than that. It is not hard to see where the remaining ninety nine point nine four million dollars went, given Jordan Belfort's old lifestyle that is well portrayed in the film. And uh, while Scorsese is a practical filmmaker, the two thousand thirteen film was the director's best to take full advantage of digital effects, which would have added a pretty dime. The public didn't even uh, see where the whole budget went because four hours ago, the Wolf of Wall Street uh, director's cut, which means There is at least a full hour of unseen hazings left. Now, in all its drug-fueled, alcohol-soaked glory, and I fucking loved it. Now I'm purposefully filling this review with as many shits and fucks as I can to fit the tone of what the film was. One of the most testosterone-filled, hectic things of my entire fucking life in its three-hour runtime. The Wolf of Wall Street never slow downs crammed with drugs, alcohols, hookers, sex and piles and piles of dirty fucking cash. It's a dark comedy for sure, but I didn't expect to laugh as much as I did. Leonardo DiCaprio gives one of the most charmous, charismatic and uh, hilarious performances of his life, while also being a sad sack of shit who I hated but at the same time felt deeply sorry for. I questioned whether he was a product of the Wall Street lifestyle or whether he was always like this on the inside. His performance is magnetic. I was instantly drawn to the character of Jordan Belfort and I think it's a great thing that we got a glimpse of who he was before his uh, life of illegal stock trade and constant cocaine highs. It made me sympathize with him 
मोर एज ही गॉट डीपर एंड डीपर इन द रैबिट होल एंड वेन ही क्रैशेज द कार विद इज किड इन साइड एंड ही नोज दैट इज लॉस्ट कस्टडी फॉर श्योर आई कुडेंट हेल्प बट फील सॉरी फील फकिंग बैड फॉर हिज दिस सैड सैड मदर फकर ऑन स्क्रीन द मूवी कीप्स अ फास्ट एज फक पेज थ्रू आउट द एंटायर थ्री आवर्स विच इज इम्प्रेसिव इन इट्स ओन राइड एज आफ्टर दैट अमाउंट ऑफ टाइम यू वुड थिंक दैट इट वुड गेट बोरिंग बट इट डजेंट The fucking thing doesn't even feel like it's that long. It feels like a ninety-minute high, but it's double that length. Telling the story of Jordan's entire life in Wall Street and making me feel insanely bad while laughing at the dark humor at the entire time. The film is fucking funny as fuck. By the way, I have not laughed like this for a good while at a movie. The constant absurdity that goes on inside uh, the offices of. on wall street and the drug fueled goings on in uh, jordan's life creates some deeply fucked up comedy that suits this movie perfectly the scene that comes to mind in particularly is probably one of the most memorable the entire sequence with jordan and donny takes out of day drugs and think uh, that it's not working when in reality it's just delayed as fuck and in the most desperate worst time possible all of it hits jordan at once and is forced to make his way home in the most fucked up state of his life and he crawls rolls and clambers around to get to his car and drives home all drugged up destroying his car in the process <laughs> it's hilarious i can't describe that shit at all it's uh, something you have to watch to really take it in but it's funny as fuck but i also fucked up by speaking of fucked up jordan is just that he spends his entire wall street career cheating on his wife with hookers getting married to one and cheating on that wife so many fucking times he endangers his kid by giving by being fucked up on hook more uh, on coke most of the time and he doesn't seem to show an ounce of sympathy when naomi's aunt dies he only cares about the 20 million dollars she's uh, got in the bank he's truly a terrible fucking person but i can't help but feel bad for the guy and i don't know why maybe it's dicaprio's charismatic and charming performance maybe it's a genius writing maybe it's cosis directing or maybe it's a combination of all those fucking things but it's just an indescribable experience in all honesty also it's fucking unbelievable that leo didn't win an oscar for this his hilarious fucked up and portrays a deep multi-layer character that i think is way more oscar worthy than his uh, grunting act in the revenant which which is still great by the way but i prefer his act as jordan so much more it's just an interesting character and i think dicaprio was perfect for the role the wolf of wall street is such a wild fucking ride and it's 3 hours that i wouldn't trade for the world it's one of scorsese's best in all honesty it's brave move for the guy because it's so different from anything else i've seen him make but it's so fucking good it's a pure adrenaline rush and it's fucking crazy all the loves i had throughout i wanted jordan's redemption but i also wanted him to get away with it i hated the stuff he did but i thought it was smart as fuck i wanted that lifestyle but at the same time i knew how fucking horrible it really would be from how fuck jordan's life's become it makes you take both sides while while also taking neither and taking a back seat for the journey and holy fucking shit did i love that journey the only real gripe i have it how is that the last 20 minutes or so i thought went a little too fast and i thought very rushed at and even though 
It's really a three-hour movie. I couldn't have sat for an extra twenty minutes just to flesh out Jordan's arrest to see him ratting everyone out a little more. But seriously, if a three-hour film makes me want even more screen time to watch, then it must have done something fucking right, right? Anyways, did it live up to uh, my expectations? Absolutely fucking yes. Shit, I loved it. I can see myself revisiting in the near future just to get another kick out of this movie. Maybe it will be worse than the first time, but maybe my experience will be even better and uh, I will bump it to great expectations more. I guess I will find out, but I can say safely now that uh, today I love the Wolf of Wall Street and I love Martin Scorsese. The positives are Jordan's character was multi-layered, despicable, and likable at the same time. Leonardo DiCaprio's performance charismatic, sad, hilarious, all at once. Oscar-worthy for sure. The direction, camera work, and cinematography was great. The writing was hilarious. The drug scene keeps a steady, uh, solid pace all throughout. Lol, boobs and drugs. The supporting cast were hilarious and more than just comedic relief. They were uh, layered and likable. Margaret Robbie's performance. Oh, sorry, I forgot. I forgot about that. She was amazing. Uh, funny as fuck. Truly interesting and entertaining for the entire three hours, and the negatives. Mm, I hardly have this. Okay, the last twenty or so minutes left felt a little rushed, and I would have said for a little longer. It could have uh, benefited from slowing down just a little in the last act. The boat scene felt slightly out of place and was only a tad jarring for me. Not even Matthew McConaughey, who was hilarious and didn't get too much screen time. Okay, the best movie of Martin Scorsese, which stands in the number one position, is Taxi Driver. It belongs to the drama genre, and is and it has an IMDb rating of eight point two. Taxi Driver was widely considered to be Martin Scorsese's major breakout. This movie introduced one of the quintessential anti-heroes of the nineteen seventies in Travis Sickle, a cab driver who steps over the line to protect a young prostitute. while becoming dangerously obsessed with the political campaign volunteer the movie is part of the national film registry in the library of congress and sits on many lists of the best movies ever made fans on imdb agree giving it an 8.2 average rating one of the scorsese's highest scores but i still think that it must cross 8.5 because it's such an amazing movie and my favorite of martin scorsese of all time It has been a long time since I've watched this, so I might get some things wrong. Feel free to correct me, okay? But it also works as a stood the test of time kind of thing, and it passed. One thing I remember for sure is that I came going in expecting something bombastic, much I like Joker, since I watched this because uh, people said that Joker is similar to this film. Instead I was um, welcomed by a calm and cool and kind of awkward performance from De Niro and this film's quite slow pacing but as you all may know it is the calm before the storm that is Travis Bickle's downward spiral we follow Travis as he drove through the city's underbelly full of hatred to the world around him and now and how it affects him what fascinates me the most is the subtlety of it all even when someone is killed it felt like it was like a part of some plan this film makes me feel comfortable but i also know that there is the ever present sense of danger that constantly looms around the corner 
that gradually became uh, bigger as as time passed it was also quite hypnotizing uh, hypnotizing to sometimes maybe that's because of the jazz soundtrack to describe uh, bickles dixon it's uh, hard for me because i can't really put it in into words without it sounding vague but if i have to i would say that is fascinating to witness i also adore how scorsese made this seemingly pointless film very intriguing even just a scene of travis driving this taxi made me eyes glued to the screen the only problem i have is that the screen time for betsy to iris is not spread quite well since we spend more time with betsy i didn't really feel anything for iris even though she is uh, one of the most important characters in the film overall after quite a while from i last watched this i have found several ones that all that are also quite similar and that i found to be better but this still is great as ever and i feel that this is the best work of martin scorsese This is my take on Martin Scorsese's best films and to all the cinephiles and Martin Scorsese fans out there what do you think about my rankings and what are your rankings I would be eager to know and have a conversation with you about that context on that my instagram id is underscore.asuf.khan you can also find it in the description and on the bottom right corner of the podcast cover with that being said I'm wrapping up this episode and keep getting entertained and keep entertaining us.